Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. It's good to see you this morning. Open up your Bibles. It's good to have all of you here on this nice, warm, sunny day. You could live in Asheville, North Carolina. I talked to my brother-in-law this morning. It was a nice, cool 27 degrees for a high today. Then I talked to my buddy, Pastor Kenny from uh, Williamstown, Kentucky, and uh, a high of 19 today. So uh, we have nothing to complain about. I think it's supposed to get up in the 60s, uh, and uh, that's warm. Amen? Or you could live in Buffalo, New York. Was that not crazy? I'm serious. I don't know why people, well, thank you, Jesus, that they haven't all moved to Florida. I think half of them are on their way, but they haven't gotten here yet. Well, this is a wonderful week in America, whether you're going through good, bad, or ugly. We as a nation take time to uh, pause and give thanks. Um, And as believers, um, we are instructed, we, we are actually commanded to give thanks. Some of you are looking at me like you hadn't read that in the Bible. But it's actually in there. We're commanded, exhorted, challenged uh, to give thanks, to have a heart of gratitude. Doesn't mean everything's good, uh, everything's easy, uh, because it's not. And uh, last week, as Holy Spirit helped me to bring that word, I would have lost heart. The psalmist wrote, had I not. And I, I am convinced, as I said last week, everybody that I know has something that we're going through. And no matter what wonderful smile you put on your face and bring to the house of God, most folks in here today are dealing with an issue in their life. Physical, financial, relational, marriage, all kinds of things. Gator football teams trying to find out who they are. <laughs> 1988, since Florida lost to Vanderbilt. But you know, it's just a game. When it's all said and done, it's just a game. And sometimes we learn through struggle. And That's why I believe what the psalmist said, what I quoted last week, when he said, I I would have despaired. There's a reason to despair. There's a greater reason to not despair. As most of you know, because you get our rocky lines, um, our precious sister Helga, who we've been fighting with, battling with, standing with, went to be with Jesus Wednesday morning at 7.45, totally at peace. It's been an interesting 14 days that she was in hospice, and I want to say publicly today uh, that our amazing couple, Howard and and Patsy, uh, have been amazing brother and sister to Helga, Lori Rick, uh, the three of them were literally around the clock. Helga was never alone uh, in the 14 days she was in uh, hospice. And um, over those two weeks, I had some, I went every single day except for one when she told me not to come. Like, what kind of authority do you think you have, Helga, in my life? But I stayed away till the next day. She was having a rough day. And, and, uh, But in those 13 or 14 days that I was there, a couple of times, twice a day, we had some of the best conversation uh, that I've ever had with someone preparing to go to be with Jesus, knowing that God could perform a miracle and she could come out of that bed, but also totally at peace that whatever God's plan was, she was at peace with it. She never stopped fighting. And 
as we talked and communicated about life and ministry and I, I found out just all kinds of stuff about Helga and my family that I never knew. How she came into my sister Cheryl's life at 13 years of age and that she had a brother that I didn't know about. She had two brothers actually. And uh, her story, which was, I thought my story was dysfunctional. And so we laughed and bumped on only the Lord can decide which of us had the more dysfunctional family. So uh, we, we put that in God's hands. We're, we're okay because we're both healed of our past. But as we talked about the things uh, of life and, and, and oftentimes difficulty in ministry, and she shared things that she had gone through in China, she shared things she had gone through in the Philippines, she shared things, many that we know about, that they went through in Sudan, trying to get 100 kids out of a country that was being shelled, how her bus driver uh, was uh, shot and killed in front of all these children, and, and, and her being there, and the pain of it, and we talked about a motorcycle wreck she had out in the middle of nowhere in a country thousands of miles from here and how she would have lost hope had she not had the Lord because she had no one else and how God always was there for her. And it encouraged me, challenged me. The other day, a couple that used to be a part of our house that um, moved away after graduating from college, precious couple, um, came up to visit me, and we were spending a couple hours sitting in the mission, and I started, we were talking about a little bit of my journey, and, and, uh, and I started telling them about Gabriella and her journey, and how she had started her journey in June of 2019, and I was diagnosed on October the 28th, just found that out this week, uh, a few months after her, and, and I was telling them all about Gabriella, how she was one of my heroes at 11 years of age, how she encouraged me, stirred me to be thankful for the goodness of God. And about that time, Gabriella comes into the mission uh, to work or to do something. And so I called her over and introduced her. And, and uh, I don't know if y'all have noticed Gabriella lately, but she's like sprung up. And, and uh, she's just a bundle of life. And, and I, told, I was telling them that all that Gabriella had gone through, almost two years, every single holiday, birthday, her parents' birthdays, every single important day in, almost, in, in a two-year period, she was laid up in the hospital and yet how the child never complained once every time I walked in the door no matter what pain she was going through she had a smile on her on her face and I was encouraged in my journey that I could give thanks in all things I mean, if an 11-year-old child can, come on, somebody, then we adults maybe should learn something from that. And that giving thanks will change your life. Yes. Yes. An attitude of gratitude will, will change the environment in your home. See, whereas in Haven Hospice, oftentimes it's so quiet and, and, and you know, it, it, it's, a, it's an amazing place uh, for any of you that ever want to just support that ministry. Haven Hospice, they're just incredible people. Every nurse, just doctors, they're all incredible. And so I always tell them that as I'm walking out, walking through. And, and, uh, but uh, oftentimes it's deep grief. Matter of fact, I ran into a couple uh, that I had known years ago, and they were there, and the father was passing away and just 77 years of age. And so I talked with them and tried to encourage, and there was all this pain. And I understand that kind of pain. I mean, I lost eight relatives in 10 years. I lost my mom and my brother and my sister and my other brother and my dad and my spiritual father and Mr. Bob and, and, and my spiritual dad, Apostle Ball. And, and so I know pain, but I also know that we're not bound to that pain. Come on, somebody. And we don't grieve as unbelievers grieve. 
Matter of fact, I encouraged some sisters the other day that were very emotional, and, and I understood it, and I hugged them, embraced, and spoke some things over them. But then I, 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 I felt it before I walked away. I had to remind them, hey, don't forget. Grieve, but don't grieve like an unbeliever grieves. Because I've got the greatest revelation I've ever had at 65, that death is not anything that any believer should ever fear. That death is a door. That you walk through your body, this thing that you spent so much time this morning working on to make look good. I hate to tell you this, but it's going to the ground. But that's not who you are anyhow. Come on, somebody. That's not who you are. Me that's inside of this body. Matter of fact, shortly after Helga took her last breath and I went up uh, with to be with uh, uh, Howard and Patsy and Lori, and we're sitting there. Uh, I think my wife sent me a picture that maybe just, I don't, I don't remember, I'm trying to give credit to whoever credit is due, but somebody sent my wife a picture, and, and they said, the, you know, in the picture, oh, I'm sure you've seen this. I'd never seen it. And the minute I saw it, man, something in me just leapt with joy. And it's a picture, and it's titled, first day in heaven. And it's a picture of a lady jumping in the arms of Jesus and Jesus holding her and embracing her. And I thought, that's where Helga is right now. And somebody's probably tapping her on the shoulder, say, excuse me, your time's up, you know, next one in line. But, but, uh, I don't know. They might have to pull me off of Jesus only to slip to my knees in honor of the one who paid it all so that I could have life. And that life, more abundantly. And not only do we have to experience, not only do we get to experience in heaven, listen to me, I believe we're supposed to experience that kind of abundant living here on earth. Come on, in the middle of our battles, we're supposed to have abundant life, joy, unspeakable peace that passes all understanding. And as we stir ourselves to live that way, sometimes we have to overcome our flesh. Anybody know what I'm talking about? To say, now today, I'm going to give thanks. Let me read you a couple passages of Scripture. Matter of fact, I'm going to read you 1 Thessalonians 5.18 out of four different versions because they start off all saying it a little bit differently. And the last part of each verse is the same. But 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18 in the ESV, it says, give thanks in what? How many? You mean you can't leave some out? He said, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Hear me. Gets real personal for you. Not for the preacher, not for someone else that's more spiritual, but for every single one of us. You see, let me ask you a question real quick. How, how many of you already seen uh, the Chosen, season three, uh, episodes one and two. Wow. It's worth the about $37 that it costs for Suzanne and I for two tickets. Man, there are no discounts, no old people discounts. I'm like, hold it, I'm 65. Nope, you don't get no discount. I'm, I'm prior military, sorry, no military. I mean, it's, it's, the, it's a real deal movie. But Suzanne and I bought tickets a few days ago, went on Friday at noon to the first showing. Man. How stupid were we? We forgot our Kleenex, snot rags, everything. We're out there. I'm trying to borrow tissue from the girl sitting next to me eating her popcorn. I mean, we're sniffing and, and snorting and everything else. And, and uh, it was just so encouraging. I thought, wow, this is so great that this is coming out uh, right before Thanksgiving. Um, and there's so much in these two episodes that... Just make you, they make the new covenant, they make Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John come alive. Yes. And, and if you thought you loved Matthew in seasons one and two, 
That's all I'm going to say. Not going to run it. Man, to give thanks. And y'all remember that soldier that was always with Matthew? Gaius? Oh, yeah, I'm not going to tell you anything else about that either. But, but it encouraged me. It encouraged me that in the midst of whatever you're going through, and I could start on the front row, Jamie, Gene, and just go down the list of the tribe of Chung Yu's. And then the second row, tribe of Chung Yu's. Thank God for Chung Yu's, man. We had be missing like three rows of people. And just go down the line. There's no one that's not going through something. There, there's no one that doesn't at times struggle with giving thanks in all circumstances. Come on, pastor, do you, you know how difficult that is? Yes, that's why Paul said it. He didn't challenge us because it's easy. He challenged us because he knew difficulty. I don't know about y'all, I've never been beaten and left for dead, stoned, beaten with rods of iron, beaten with rocks, beaten with fists. Shipwrecked, left for dead. This is a guy that's writing and saying, hey, church, give thanks. Give thanks. In all things. Things. T-H-A-N-G-S. Is it working this out? There was a man that used to be in our church. He would always correct me when I'd do that. In the New King James, it says, in everything, that would be all, give thanks. In the NLT, it says, be thankful. Pastor Hector loves to teach out of the NLT. And I went over there and looked at that. Be thankful in all circumstances. And then in the Amplified, it says, in every situation, no matter what the circumstance. They're basically saying, you're a believer? There's no room for not obeying in this. That if you're a believer, there's not a cop out. There's not a, but you don't know how bad I had it. In every situation, no matter what the circumstance, be thankful and continually give thanks. You know what? That's why worship in a house like ours, Jamie and the worship team do not have to come out here and be cheerleaders. I'm not supposed to run. Just just remember that. But I'm walking without a cane. Come on, somebody. Nine weeks. Of course, if I run, I might not be walking next week. They told me, don't run, don't jump. And a third one, what do you think the other one was? Don't fall. So, okay, I got that. But continually give thanks to God. Give thanks. Because he's worthy. When we started this church 35 years ago, and I was leading worship, Suzanne was playing the keyboard, and I stood in front of the podium praying, God, just get me through these two songs. Get me to the preaching, I think I'll be okay. I mean, I thought I was going to pass out every week. I'm just not a soloist. I'm not a lead singer, but I'm a worshiper. So I would close my eyes and worship. And the Lord grew our church. (laughs) I probably wouldn't have come myself a second time if I would have come and had to listen to me. I'm not exaggerating. 
I mean, sometimes when I'm in the shower just worshiping God, the water starts vibrating like this. <laughs> uh, it's not that bad. I'm just kidding. But you know what? The Lord never called me to be a singer. He called me to be a worshiper. And all you got to do to be a worshiper is to have a heart of gratitude and thanksgiving. So I'm going to be thankful in the middle of this battle. Knowing full well that if Jesus tarries another hundred years, there will be no one in this room still here. We're all going to go through the door of death into the presence, I trust, of Jesus Christ. And, and, and we're not going to wait till we get to heaven to learn how to be thankful. We're, we're, we're learning to be thankful here because, hear me, it will change what's going on in your life, in your struggles. Oh, man, that's good. That's worth your tithe right there. Let, let, let me say it again. I don't remember how. What did I say? <laughs> in the middle of your struggle, when you can learn to be thankful, to give your adoration. Come on, let's be honest. Not every Sunday when you come into this place do you feel like worship. Because some of y'all, like a couple told me last week, we saw you looking at us while you were preaching. I don't even know where they were sit seated. Well, I do because all of y'all got the same butt in the same seat. Y'all been sitting in since we moved here November the 8th, a couple years ago. Not all of you. Every, every once in a while, some of you throw a curb. But they said, and we were miserable. Well, why were you miserable? Because we argued all the way to church. <laughs> we were still arguing when we got out of the car. You know what? That's a good time to learn how to give thanks. You make me mad. But I'm going to worship God. <laughs> I'm going to be grateful for you. Because <laughs> you know what? That will change you. When all of a sudden you were arguing because you had to be right. He had to be right. She had to be right. Right is not always the best. I mean, how many of you have learned that in marriage? Man, you can, whew, you can be right and, whoo, it costs you. It's not worth it. Just go ahead and... My wife and I were having a discussion. And she was mad at me. And she left the house. I mean, she had somewhere to go. I trust. <laughs> but when she left, I was sitting on the couch. And all of a sudden, I just started thanking God for my wife that I could argue with and get over it. Ask me what we were discussing who knows? Right? I mean, that's pretty much it all the time. But how you respond to that an hour later, two hours later, three hours later, will determine a lot of things in your life, victory or defeat. So when we set ourselves to learn how to be thankful no matter what the circumstances, to be thankful continually, it'll change our lives. A lot of you, after the elections a week and a half ago, were not thankful, you're unhappy. You had to be reminded again that God is God. And our hope is not in Washington, and it's not with either party. It's not. There's some wicked people in both parties. There's some thieving going on. I mean, you want to get rich, run for Senate and just stay there forever. 
You'll go in at, with $100,000, you come out a multi, multi-millionaire. There's nothing about a part of our political system that's righteous. Wicked people in both sides. We have to learn to put our trust and our hope and our confidence in God Almighty. And you get out there and you work hard and you, and you vote according to the word of the Lord. And there are some things that you can never vote for as a believer. Don't come tell me, well, I'm this and my mama was that, my mama's mama was that. So what? As a believer, you don't vote for anybody that is putting their support to murder babies. You don't do that. You don't vote contrary to the word of God. There's man and woman, male and female. If you're confused, go read Genesis and then give thanks continually that you know what you is. I don't go ask my wife, honey, what am I today? We have a military officer in the United States of America, government leadership, and he dresses like a woman because he identifies. I'm sorry. God's never confused. He knows how he created you, and you will stand before him one day and give an account. And not only that, one day you will bow your knee and declare Jesus Lord of all. Hey, it's better to get it done right here than to confess that in here. Depart from me into everlasting darkness. I do not know you. So we give thanks because he's enabled us and graced us. See, Jesus never commanded us to do anything that he did not first grace us to do. So when you're going through heartache, hardship, difficulties. You say, Lord, in this battle, help me to know how to be thankful. Not because I'm going through a bad marriage, but because in the midst of the bad marriage, you're still my God. And there is a hope. There's a help. I'm telling you, No way in the world do two believers that love God, that have grateful hearts, that thank God continually in all circumstances, do they end up in divorce. They end up at the altar of the Lord making things right. Ooh, all nine of you agree with that. None of us that are married are still married today because we do it right or our spouse does it right. There's no options. I'm going to glorify God and let my marriage honor him. Because our best friends or our kids or our grandkids, no, we were messed up. But then we surrendered. Ooh, this is not in my notes. Matter of fact, nothing I've said so far except the scripture. Uh, To be honest, I only gave Matthew two sets of scriptures anyhow, so... But God's good, and he's faithful, and he helps. See, we give thanks because he's worthy, not because it's easy. We give thanks not because it's without pain. We give thanks not because life doesn't throw us some serious curveballs. And we find ourselves dealing with issues that, like the psalmist, I would have lost hope in the midst of this that I'm going through, had I not turned my direction to the one who has the answer. Amen? I would have lost hope. I I would have failed. I would have caved in. But I turned and I said, Jesus, you're the answer. You know what? Honestly, I... Can't get past this. I am really thankful, no matter what on your journey, your theology is based on this, but I'm really thankful in 2022, we're getting to experience the Word of God being put on big screen. Matter of fact, Suzanne and I are sitting there, the previews for the, for the chosen, there were six previews, all faith-based, 
all coming out in November and December. Now listen, they're only going to be in the theater three days, two days, three days, one day. You want to see it? You got to get a ticket and go. But I'm thinking, wow, in 2022, in the midst of all the craziness of the world, on the big screen, seven faith-based movies that point to Jesus. You see, where darkness is, the light really shines bright. The light, come on, the light really shines bright in the midst of darkness. So we give thanks as his word instructs us. And your emotions, your struggles, and life situations will line up with the word of God. If you make a choice that says, in the midst of what I'm going through, I'm going to praise him. I'm going to give him thanks. Worship team, y'all come on, get ready. I read a devotional this week, and I'm not going to read it to you because it's too long. But it had to do with Thanksgiving. And it, and it talked about, you know, during this holiday, many of us become keenly aware of life circumstances that don't stir up thoughts of thankfulness. So what do you do with it when you're bombarded with difficulty, with death, with friends hurting, with things going wrong that you gave so much energy to because you thought it was right and, and it went wrong? Anybody ever made a financial decision that you sought some counsel for and really thought you were going the right way only to just about lose your shirt? Don't raise your hand. God's still God. And he's not bound to what you lost. He's the God of abundance. And in the midst of it, great time to learn how to praise Jesus. To give him thanks. Psalm 100. I'm going to read that, all five verses in just a minute. How many of you got my text yesterday, my health report? You see your hands. Those of you that didn't and you want it, call Miss Pat at the office, give her phone numbers, not email addresses, and I'll get you on my prayer list. On Thursday this week, I spent an hour with my doctor, my oncologist. We had a great talk. And my precious doctor, sweet man, goes to the Catholic Church. We've had interesting conversations over the last three years. And I told you last week, at some point I said to Doc, Doc, stop telling me you can't cure me. And I think what I said to you is what I said to him. Doc, you be Doc. You be you. You give me the best care you got. You give me the best meds you got. But my hope and my trust is not in your ability or your meds. So I was asking him about a, a question because when I was first diagnosed, he showed my three sons and Jess and Suzanne. He asked us the question today, I was going to start treatment. He said, would y'all like to see, he said to my sons, would y'all like to see why your dad's back hurt, hurts? And I said, I would like to see why my back hurts. So he pulled up uh, his computer and on the computer um, was the results of my PET scan. And it simply showed my back, my spine, and everything looked normal to my eye. Then he said, now I'm going to slide the slide over and I'm going to show you the same picture with a cast, die cast. And everywhere there's a, a fire marker, looks like the tip of a uh, end of a fire as you're sitting around your, your fireplace. He said, everywhere there's a red tip, that's cancer. And so he slid the slide over, slid the slide over, and from the tip of my neck to my tailbone, every single joint down my spine was lit up with a red 
fire stick. He said, this is what multiple myeloma is doing in your body. Measured the my M spike at 5.96, I believe it was, 5.98, something like that. Which we found out later meant that 86% of all of my blood was diseased. Said in four, four more points, when it gets around 90, I checked with Dr. Eric and Dr. Matt one day because I asked them, is it possible really that if, you're, if your blood is diseased at, at 90% bad blood, they said you could die in 48 hours. You know, that's sobering. That's like, well, do I give thanks or do I just get ready to die? To hear the Lord say, I'm not through with you. You're not bound to these numbers. And so I got a hold of the word in the middle of this battle. And I started reading and quoting and declaring to myself, my immune system grows stronger day by day. I speak life to my immune system. I forbid confusion in my immune system. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. I'm speaking that to a body that's got 86% diseased blood. I speak with the life and the wisdom of God, which guards the life and the health of my body. I speak to the bones and the joints of my body, and I call you normal. Well, pastor, that's stupid as stupid can be if your body's all full of disease that you're saying it's healed. I'm not saying I, I'm not sick. I'm just saying that God's word supersedes what's going on in my body. Can you say amen to that? It supersedes what's going on in your marriage. It supersedes what's going on in your bank account. It supersedes what's going on in your relationships that are struggling. It supersedes every demonic stronghold that's coming against you. What? The Word of God. The Word of God is more powerful. It's not to say I'm not going through marital problems. Yes, you are. But God is greater. And so I started speaking that. Once, twice, three times. And I got convicted that if I was going to take medicine twice a day, then I'm going to take God's Word at least twice a day. And so, for three years, twice a day, three times a day, sometimes six times a day, I quote the Word of God over myself, over my circumstance, my situation. But hear me. My situation is no different than your situation. And what you're going through is going to take the same determination and Word of God to change it as it does to sustain my life until the day when I walk out and my body says what God's Word says, you're healed. Your marriage is healed. Your finances are healed. Your relationships are healed. Your hurt is healed. Your loneliness is healed. The things you've been going through, greater is he that is in you than he that is against you. And you learn how to go to the Word of God. And the psalmist said, verse 1, make a joyful noise to the Lord. Noise to the Lord. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. All the earth. The psalmist is declaring. He's speaking. He's not saying it's not rough or tough or difficulty. He's saying, make a joyful noise. Teach your children to let their noise become praise. Because they're noisy anyhow. Come on, somebody. Am I speaking the truth? Teach them. Turn on music and just blast your house out with worship. And let your kids learn to make a joyful noise. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. How do we come to the house of God? In his presence with singing. I don't need Jamie to cheerlead me to worship. I just need him to hit a key and let's roll. We're going to worship. 
Know that the Lord, he is God. It's he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Now listen to this. This is it. And I'm closing. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. That, that doesn't mean the gates of the door of the Rock of Gainesville once a week we come and worship. No. Learn how every day to give thanks. In the morning time, when it's early, and you go to get up and every bone in your body's talking to you. Young people, enjoy where you are. All you muscle-bound freaks, man, enjoy it one day. That chest is going to drop into your drawers. <laughs> enjoy right now what you got. Because if you keep living, things are going to change. <laughs> you get up in the morning and it just, it sounds like, it sounds like Ivan on the drums, man. He's just like, <laughs> sometimes I get out of bed and I stand there, get my hips all right before I start walking so I don't fall down. I believe for better days. I believe soon I'm going to be on a golf course hitting a golf ball. But today, I'm still using wisdom to walk right. But you know what? I'm not going to wait till I get to hit a golf ball to say, Lord, I thank you that I am the healed of the Lord. I thank you that your grace is sufficient in my life. I'm thankful for a good marriage. I'm thankful for a great church. I'm thankful for friends that stir me and challenge me and encourage me. I'm thankful for family this week that we're going to celebrate and give thanks to Lord Jesus Christ for all of our family and all of our kids and all of our grandbabies. We're going we're gonna to be thankful no matter what's going on. I'm going to thank you. And his courts with praise, give thanks to him and bless his name. Why? For the Lord is good and his steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Give thanks. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand. Every person in this room, I'm going to ask you to stand because I'm going to ask the worship team. I'm going to ask Pastor Suzanne to come up here on stage with me. And we'll ask the pastors that are in the auditorium to come and line up here and face y'all. I'm going to have you stand. And we're going to sing this song, The Blessing, over you. Because God has called you His blessed children. And in the middle of your struggles, your battles, and your difficulties, I'm going to praise Him. In the middle of death, I'm going to praise him. In the middle of the battle, I'm going to give him praise. Because there are benefits to obeying the Lord and seeing your life changed, your marriage healed, your body made well and strong, your finances restored, wisdom for your children, seeing your kids love Jesus all the days of their life. They don't have to go through high school and junior high and be stupid. Not when they've been taught and trained and they've had a personal experience with the living God. What's important is we gotta make sure our kids know Jesus. They don't know about him, they know him. Because when we do, we'll be able to lift up holy hands, give him praise because he's worthy. This morning, I'm not having the ministry team come up. We're not gonna have an altar call. We're gonna give thanks. We're gonna bless the Lord because he first loved us. And I don't know about you, but all the days that I have left on this earth, ain't no rocks gonna cry out in my place. Ain't no rocks going to cry out in my place. Not when I have the opportunity to worship God in the middle of the battle. See, I thank God for the great report I got this week. My M spike, for the first time, dropped significantly. Wait a second. To 0. 0.16. Which is significant.
from 5.96 to point one six. Man, I'm happy, but guess what? That's not my goal. My goal is a big, flat, double-A, zero. But my doctor, my precious Catholic doctor, was so excited. Normally, it takes about four days to get my result from my M-spike. Had it Thursday, about 10 o'clock. Yesterday morning, about 9 o'clock. I looked down at my phone, got a text from Dr. Badia. I'm thinking, what's Doc texting me on a Saturday? And it was just a big smiley face and thumbs up and a picture of my, because I told him on Thursday, Doc, man, I just believe the Lord is doing something. I feel it in my bones. I feel it in my body. It's, it's not that I'm moved by how I feel, but I'm telling you, I feel like something's going on. And I said, when it goes under 0.2, wow. See, when it went to 0.23 last month, I was shouting, but when I opened that text and saw 0.16, I burst into tears. I drove into the driveway at home, ran in and grabbed my wife and hugged her. She said, what's wrong? <laughs> what's wrong? Nothing's wrong. And then I tried to tell her and I couldn't. I got all choked up. So I just handed her the phone and walked back out in the garage. See, I was praising God before I got the 0.16 but it's okay to just do a double praise you when you see the answers that you've been believing for. Amen? I wanna ask you to stand. Pastors come, Pastor Suzanne, come up here, please. Pastor Ron, help her up, thanks. You pastors that are in the house, would you just come? I'm only a couple of you, Pastor Ed's back there. Y'all just spread out, Hector, Ron, Franco. These words are powerful words right out of the Word of God. And as this amazing team sings this song, you just receive. We're going to stretch our hands over you, and I'm declaring over everyone in this congregation, those that are watching online, these words. The Lord bless you and keep you. And, and without telling you too much more, in one of the in one of the episodes of the Chosen this week, woo! When Jesus says, "The Lord bless you," come on, somebody, it'll bring some tears to your eyes. Receive this as these guys lead us in this song. The Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Come on, we say it again. Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. 
you. Father, Lord, as we're just going to sing this one more time through, I just declare with all these pastors, your amazing grace, your incredible mercy, your words of life and hope, instruction, correction, discipline, conviction over this house today that all of us, wherever we are on our journey with you, Father, will position ourselves to be a person of praise, a people of thanksgiving, that in the middle of the battle, Father, we will not lose hope. We will not be despaired. We will not lose faith, oh God. We will surrender to the fullness of what you have. We will be a people of praise. We will be a people of thanksgiving. We will be a people, Father, that shows forth the glory of our God. So we just declare your blessing. Your blessing. Come on, team. Sing it. Your blessing. Upon you in a thousand generations, in your family, in your children, in their children, in their children, may his favor be upon you in a thousand generations, in your family, in your children, in their children, in their children, may his favor be upon you in a thousand generations, in your family, in your children, in your children.
give the Lord a shout in this place. Come on, give him praise on this morning. Give him thanks. He is the God that heals. He's the God that saves. He's the God that delivers. He's the God that redeems. We bless you, mighty God, today in this place. And we say thank you. Thank you. Father, we're thankful that this week our nation will pause long enough to give thanks. Many of them not knowing what even or to whom they give thanks. But thank you across this nation, the body of Christ will lead the way. They'll lead the way. They'll give praise, thanksgiving in their homes, in their neighborhoods, in their places where they work and shop. They'll celebrate your goodness. Thank you that in the midst of whatever all of us are walking through, that nobody will think somebody else's issues are more important or more difficult or more whatever. Father, help us to just look right here at us individually. Not thinking that somebody else's victory is better than their victory. Somebody else's difficulty is more than their difficulty. But whether it's victory or struggle, Lord, they have the ability to do what no one else can do for them, to give thanks, to give praise, to give honor to whom honor is due. And I am thankful today for a house, for a people that I get to walk with, that have an attitude of gratitude towards the kingdom. And they are a grateful people. So today, as we've been challenged, stirred, encouraged, let us walk out of this place today choosing whether today we've had a good report or a difficult report, we're choosing to worship you. Because in the end, we win. In the end, we will hear well done, thou good and faithful. Enter in to the promise. Our life here is temporal. Lord, help us to always see it for what it is, to be faithful to it, to serve your purposes in the midst of it, but to know that we live for the audience of one. I don't live to please anyone in this building, Father. I live to please you. And I'm thankful that you receive the praise of your children, the adoration of your children, the thanksgiving of your children. So I bless this people today with all the spiritual blessing poured down from generation to generation to our children and to our children's children and to their children for a thousand generations as long as the Lord tarries that we will be a people of praise. And we give you thanks for that today. In Jesus' name. Come on, one more time. Let's give a praise like we, like we know who he is. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.